0: may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from
1: the Ninian, with views from the Ninian, not shoes from the Ninian, the view from the Ninian. Two defeats over the long bank holiday weekend means that the Cardiff City season is over for another year. Uh, This is a downcast view from the Ninian on Bank Holiday Monday, where Ben Price is celebrating a new job. Ben, congratulations.
0: Thank you. No longer temporarily unemployed.
1: No, now you're back to being fully unemployed. When do you start? Uh, 12th, so i got a week 12th. off. Oh, look at that. What a it dream.
0: Works out quite nicely.
1: And joining us always, as usual, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, is Tom Phillips, who is back to work tomorrow, aren't you, Tom?
2: Yeah, it's a lovely way to go back as well after a nice double <laughs> defeat long weekend. Glad I took the two weeks off.
1: And, um, I mean, what did you do in your two weeks off that was productive?
2: Um... I put some new frames up on the wall. That that was quite productive. And I didn't, I, I think I've got the alignment relatively okay. So I'm not going to be embarrassed to show my dad my DIY efforts. That um, was about it, really. And some walking and burnt my face again. But yeah, yeah.
1: Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Um, two games to talk about, starting with uh, Friday's dismal defeat against Nottingham Forest. Ben, um, I've just written here, it just didn't really go for us, did it?
0: No, it's just we got what we deserved. We weren't terrible, but we just deserved fuck all out of it. And that's exactly what we got. It was just one of those games where it just wasn't happening for us going forward. And we looked a bit, well, didn't look ropey. Forest sort of took their chance and sort of just absorbed us and played to their game plan perfectly and just saw us out and we made it easy
1: for them. It's kind of what we've been doing to teams, isn't it, Tom? Kind of taking a chance early and then just trying to, you know, what we did against Swansea, just absorbed the pressure for the whole 90 minutes.
2: Yeah, exactly that. Um and i think that's the fine margins with the way we play as well like you can go on a big run of games where you're winning games and it's going for you but the problem is when it's not quite clicking we really struggle to get back into those games then and get back into them later on if we don't start well it's shades of harris really in terms of if we, we didn't start any of those games well that's why we didn't get many results but you know we were starting games well under mick and the last couple now it's been the complete opposite and then we do struggle to break teams down because um, we can't use counter, uh, counter-attacking football because they're sitting back against this.
1: Um, ben, what, what do you think the difference is between you know the Swansea performance was, yeah, it was backs to the wall, but we battled our way to the end of the game and the last couple of performances, obviously we'll talk about Sheffield Wednesday in a little bit, um, but yeah, do we just seem more brittle? Are we missing certain individuals? Because we have talked about the injuries. Is there any one thing that you would say has changed?
0: It's hard to put a finger on. I think that's what makes it so frustrating. If you could put it down to our, well, the defence have changed completely, and that's an issue. Then you could pinpoint it all on defence, but it's not happening in defence. It's not happening in midfield, and it's certainly not happening in the attacking positions as well. It's been really, really poor all over the shop, and that's sort of when it gets really frustrating. It's not one thing we're saying this is the issue. This is where the changes need to be made. Like realistically, who from that starting eleven today, or even starting eleven against Forest, if they were dropped for the next game? could have a gripe about it.
1: Bakuna, uh, Rawls, Puck, Vox, all deserve to be dropped.
0: Well, yeah, none of them could have a fucking moan about it, come out on Twitter and do a Lee Tomlin, could they?
1: I see what you're saying. I got the wrong end of the stick there, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you (laughs) did. I wasn't listening properly. I was, I was reading something. (laughs) I was reading something else. Um, (laughs) Tom, do you think we miss Moz? Do we miss
2: Morrison? Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. Um, for that kind of he sets the tempo, um, you know, he organizes the defense. Um, and I think if you look at the stats, I remember seeing it when he was out injured before. We win a lot more games when he's in the team than when he's without uh, when we're without sorry. Um and yeah, and I think it's not just the injury to Moz that's catching up with us now. We like we know we, like when we were playing well, Perry Ng was playing well, Bennett was playing well, we've got Moz out now as well. Uh, even Bagan, like he's out, he came in and did well. Um, so, we're threadbare at the back now, and we're still playing with five defenders. So, it's going to, I think it's starting to wear wear us down a little bit. Um, it's been a long season. It's been a lot of games coming thick and fast, and it is slowly catching up with us. And you look at games this weekend, we're still like, we're not making substitutions that frequently either. So, players, when they are playing, are playing 70, 75 minutes, if not the full 90 as well. So, I think injuries are catching up with us, and I think we're running a bit flat at the moment.
1: Uh, one of the players, Bennet uh, I mean, has been running flat for a few weeks now probably because he's exhausted is key for Moore um against Forest it just didn't really go for him did it um and I don't know if that's the way he's playing the way the system plays for him um but I don't know it just feels like the way we're playing with Moore as our focal point just isn't working at the moment
0: well it's not you if you're not getting service to him he's not got he's not gonna thrive anyway any no strike is going to thrive but you've also then got a striker that's just knackered. He's out on his feet. I know they were making a big thing of you him know, only playing 90 minutes over the international break. It means fuck all. He's been flogged for months sort of just running his arse off and he works. Like Even the last two games, he run about a lot. He didn't get much of the ball, didn't get many chances, but ran ragged. Um, you look at it, sort of against Forest, he wasn't subbed to the 84th minute. Um, the system didn't change until the 71st. And it's just all of those combined aren't going to just come together and sort of make it easy for him, are they? So he's just going to be running
1: on empty and we've got no chance then. What would you do then, Ben? If, you know, we, we more needs to rest. It's not working at the moment with more in place. What, what would you do? Would you play Colwell up there, as people have suggested? Would you give a, a two-pronged attack with like Waters and somebody else a go? What would you change?
0: I think it's obvious the system needs to change. Um, st- uh, coming with a five at the back worked really well when, like we said, we had full-backs that could bomb on and bomb back. When you've got someone like Bennett and NG on the wing, on playing in the wing-back roles, it works well. But when you've got Tom Sang, again, last couple of games, he wasn't bad at all. But I still don't think he's a natural wing-back, but he's decent on the ball. But then you've also got Joe Rolls playing left wing-back. He's not the quickest in midfields. You want someone with a bit of pace to get up and down that pitch for 90 minutes. Joe Rolls isn't my choice. I think that's a sign then where you go, all right, this system needs to change. But then the issue comes with that is you've click We, when we switch to two at the back, we're just pulled apart with the center backs we've got. We're limited. Our center back option, we're without Sean Morrison, limits us massively. So Mick needs to look at the system and build from there because it doesn't matter what the strike happens with the strikers. If we've got play in the wrong system, it's not going to work.
1: Is, is, Tom, is is some of Mick's tactical inflexibility starting to shine through? Um, you know, the last couple of games, there's, as Ben said, there's nothing that you can really change. There's no way of changing the system in a material way. And today against Sheffield Wednesday, which we'll, we'll talk about in more detail, he didn't make any changes until we were 5-0 down.
2: Yeah, possibly. I think it was the system that was working so well for us. And I think, I don't think it was the system... That was the main issue. I think it was just our kind of execution. Like, um, what was working so well was the balls up to Moore and stuff in those early games, and that will still work if the balls are good enough quality. It from the keeper through to the midfield. It just what just the quality was poor. Like Phillips at one point, Moore was in a bit of space out wide, and he pinged it twenty yards past him, and I think. I think that's what's unfortunate. What was working for us before, people just aren't executing as well. And that comes down to people being injured. So the qualities in there in terms of the personnel. But, but then, yes, I think I do agree with we, we should have changed our system early. What worked for us early when Mick came in was we were 2-0 down against Barnsley. And he changed something. He changed something early. And we got back into that game. And even at 3-0 down today, I thought, you know, there's still a chance of us getting a draw out of this. If we, You look at that bench when you've got Shea Yojo, you've got Wilson and stuff on there. our season was kind of riding on this game a little bit. Unload that bench. Try something. I think that's the most frustrating thing today. I don't think he's historically that inflexible as a manager. It's just today it really seemed like he was leaving it too late. I don't know whether he's lost the trust in the players there if he thinks he hasn't got the personnel because we are a bit threadbare, but it felt like there was enough on that bench that we could have had a crack at it. And look, it didn't, we even conceded more goals. Did you know I mean by at least put attacking options on because it wasn't working even in defensive shape? At least cause them problems, and it took until ten minutes to go to cause those problems, and it still didn't fall for us. But at least we created something. You saw Wilson hit the post. You had two come off the line as well. So I think that's a frustrating thing as a fan. Um is just use the assets you've got. Get Wilson on. Get Ojo on, and just try something. And yeah, it just wasn't there today.
1: It probably says a lot about his trust in players like Junior Hoylett, that he, he didn't want to bring Junior Hoylett off the bench today, who you know has been a fine Cardiff City player for a, a couple of years now and was a key reason we got promoted a few years ago. It just shows that he's probably not trusting the players as he should. Um, ben, let's let's talk a bit more detail about Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think we've got it in the agenda. It just says, what the actual fuck? Um, did that you see my, that coming? My,
0: that was my fine contribution to the agenda this week. <laughs> um no. Well, look, let's go back to last week's podcast. What were we predicting? Comfortable wins for both games?
1: Yeah, some, the some pot- of us were more confident than others.
0: Yeah, the Forest one was a big disappointment. It was a bit of a disappointment, but sort of you can accept losing to a team like that that sort of got their system right. And just, yeah, but this, fuck me. Honestly, this is just horrific. 3-0 down within 25, 26 23 minutes,
1: 23 minutes they scored
0: their third. I mean, just absolutely shambolic defending. Um, You think, like, the thing that annoys me is, like, Flint is at fault for that first goal by losing his man. You'd think after sort of going there and being sent back and being told, like, the owner mugged him off in the press and really made him to look a tit. you think he wouldn't be chummy with any of them. He'd have a right fucking pole up his ass and want to prove a point. And then just before that corner, he's laughing and joking with the fucking players. It's just paying no attention, loses his man. And it's, it's a fantastic cross in. Wednesday were good. Wednesday deserved that and probably deserved more than five, to be honest. But from our point, it's just embarrassing.
1: Tom, what was your assessment of the game?
2: Yeah, it's just, I think that really did set the tone. It's just when you've got a player who's come back from Wednesday who should have a point to prove, having a lapse of con- um, concentration that early in the game, you know, really sets the tone for that game then it's just avoidable and like you can go back to like if Mars is in that team perhaps you know the organisation is a bit better but our our defenders are experienced enough that you should know to mark your men and I don't mind them being chummy and laughing and stuff as long as you like, then stick to that man do you know what I mean and like he just loses him straight away and he's nowhere near him that's no. the thing it's not like he's just lost him he's nowhere near him and you know he's a big ugly defender he should be getting rid of that with ease and it's a cracking ball in and Bannon's delivery all day was on point don't get me wrong but you shouldn't be conceding from a set piece that early on in the game. And then we just didn't get a foothold for the rest of it. Um, we looked ropey. We didn't win much ball in midfield. And like I said before, like our outlets in that game, we, like our distribution was poor. And I don't think Moore was poor. He just had nothing to do. He couldn't get anywhere near anything. He like, was isolated,
1: played, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, they
2: played with three at the back. They were touch tight to him. So then any balls were dropping, we were getting nowhere near it. And I thought Johnny Williams did okay. But like, you know, we had him and Bakuna up there. They didn't really win many second balls. Um, you know, we had a load of long throw-ins later on where we normally threaten and we didn't really create. They dealt with it easy. Um, it was just a poor game all around. And we tend to do that. And then, obviously, you've got then Patterson scoring, which felt inevitable. Rhodes getting on the score sheet when he nearly joined us in January. And it was just kind of like, if you asked the Cardiff fan, like a pessimistic Cardiff fan, what was going to happen before that game, it'd be Flint fucking up because he played for Wednesday. A former player scoring and the one who nearly joining us coming to bite us in the ass and all of it happened. Pete Cardiff, it? It's Pete Cardiff, yeah, it's typical. And like I think you, I think Ben you tweeted about a feeling like that Preston game. Um in that season in that season where we were on the cusp of playoffs. And it, it did feel like that. Like we were just we were never at the races and against a team that we should be getting a result against. Not just a draw away from one. We should be winning those games. The bottom of the league. like for fuck's sake, they hadn't scored more than two in a game all season. <laughs> And they scored five against us, It's, it's, it's absolute madness. Even Forest—they hadn't won in six. It's just typical. The, the the stage of the season when we need to be getting results. Where we did under Harris this season, we're just knowing we're off the boil now. We we got ourselves back in the race, and we're well and truly back out of it again. That's we've the frustrating tripped, tripped part tripped
0: of it. We ourselves up. It's not like we have put ourselves back in the race and sort of fought in the last hurdle. We've got ourselves back in the race and tied our shoelaces together to make it more difficult and just sort of fuck ourselves over. But you look, the Forest game was like, it's a frustrating result, but sort of in the championship, you can go, all right, they happen. You can move on from it. And if you respond well, it's not that bad of a point. But you're going into it. You're the late kickoff. You've seen all the results around you. Teams around you have picked up points and sort of going on that run. To lose 5-0 to the bottom of the table is just... It's
1: quite funny, isn't it?
0: That's mental. It's just bizarre like how do you, just there's going to be some wanker with a quid on it probably it's going to pop up on Twitter. But other than that no one saw it coming.
1: Um yeah I might shock you to say that we had more shots than them during the game. Uh, 17 shots to their 12. Um which um I blows my mind. We also our expected goals were 1.89 to their 1.83. So um we've broken the expected goals today. Um, which I know Tom would be happy about. Um, that's one win
2: for us, isn't it? Had, that's, the, that's the real quiz.
1: No, they had six shots on target and scored five goals. Um, that like,
2: Look, it was one of those days as well, don't get me wrong. We were pawned as if nothing from it, but everything fell for them as well, like in terms of whatever they hit. Like that Patterson's goal, for example, that cross is an absolute world and that finishes. Unordinarily, either that cross is being skewed or that's flying over the bar. Do you know what I mean? They scored from a free kick that was well-worked and it was pinned. Well,
1: yeah, bear in mind, the, the Pats and goals I remember were the goal against Fulham where he seemed to scuff it in, the goal against Southampton where he was clean through and somehow scuffed it in, and he's hitting volleys like that for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he's a changed man.
2: Yeah, but, you know, we, we deserve football from it and the, the score, like, I 5-0, I, I wouldn't say it flatters them, but it kind of doesn't, it, like, it's just a weird game, isn't it? It was, it was just completely gone from us within 20 minutes. And I think that's when you see the results go against us early, earlier in the day, that you think you've got to start that game well. You know you've got to win that game. And that's a frustrating thing that we were completely out of it before even half time. Um, but hey ho, what are we off the playoffs now? Eight what, points, I think. Yeah. And, oh. Bournemouth got a game in hand over us above us as well. So
1: we're seven points off Bournemouth, and I think we're then eight points off actual sixth place.
2: Yeah, and we've got to play Red. Like it's not mathematically over, but you know, it this I mean, this week, this, yeah, this, this this weekend, that is just one massive missed opportunity. Like Friday was a frustrating one when you saw Barnsley play in Red and then they drew, but you kind of like like you said earlier, like a one nil against Forest. You know those results happen, um, and you can get over that. Um, but five nil against bottom of the league that shouldn't happen no matter what's going on
1: Good doing it championship God unpredictable God. Not like anyway. Bloody oh. yeah. um yeah. I mean what do you think of today's performance Ben is there any positives that you can take from it let's try and be a little bit positive about today's five nil loss.
0: Uh, I thought Joe Rawls looked better when he stepped into midfield and um, proved that he's sort of the option there for me. He's better than Pac or Volks in that midfield. Um, and Harry Wilson had some; was the only player that had a set of bollocks about him when he came on. Um, 50 do, minutes he's,
1: do you reckon Harry Wilson's pissed off that Bakuna's starting ahead of him?
0: I fucking would be. After that shower of shit, let's be honest, Bakuna wasn't bad. He was just anonymous. He did nothing throughout the game. At least Johnny Williams spent 60 minutes getting beat up.
2: Yeah. He got kicked in the head twice, did he? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Classic, and it's peak Johnny Williams.
1: But also, there was, there, was, there was a moment where Johnny Williams, I think, which summed up probably his frustration with the game, where he came and collected the ball from basically in front of the centre-halves and took it round the centre-halves to try and make something happen. There were times where he was passing the ball into Volks in the middle, and Volks was specifically turning to pass it back to the centre-halves. There was just no attacking intent throughout that team today.
0: I honestly thought the midfield were pathetic. Like, absolutely gutless. And I saw a few times where Völk just sort of throwing his hands up and sort of throwing his toys at the pram with the ref. for Blatant fouls and just stupid fouls to give away. And he just fried my fucking brains today. Pack was shite. And he was shite against Forest as well. Um, that midfield needs a serious overhaul in the summer because what we've got at the moment isn't good enough. We need another option there because it's just not working with those two.
1: Could that option be Lee? He bust out the emojis again today, Tomlin. Lee we need him back. We
0: can't use emojis, Tomlin.
1: Um, I mean, with everything that was, it was, his, defense,
0: that was his defense, he he claims yeah. that wasn't what he meant. When we all know what the monkey covering his eyes means, doesn't it?
1: So I think if, if if you if you listen to the podcast but aren't on social media, there was a few choice tweets, a few choice cuts from, uh, Cardiff City alumnus and current players um, during the game today um Lee tweeted about um patson's goal saying love it love it pato that kind of thing and i think when it was three nil tom lee tomlin tweeted the uh see no evil monkey emoji um just that as a tweet i would describe it as cr- cryptic from a man who is definitely encapsulates the uok okay, hun side of facebook on his instagram and things like that um what do you think he meant by it tom
2: I think he genuinely went oh uh oh look what's happening. I I think I think he's I think people do you think are he meant like uh oh
1: look what's happening or uh oh look what's happening without me. Is that no, what you're I,
2: I don't think it was that deep. I don't think he's Whoa. that
1: deep.
2: To be honest with you. Do you, I, do I, you don't I think,
1: think he's that deep or his tweet wasn't that deep?
2: I both really. <laughs> um, and I don't think like with Reecey as well. I think Pat was his mate and it was just it was a cracking goal. I think like Look, we, we were basically bat- has
1: nothing to apologise for, in my opinion. But- yeah,
2: we were getting battered. People are looking for an outlet anyway, and they um, people are frustrated that Tomlin's not fit as well, so he's taking a few Pelton's office. Perhaps I'm giving him too much credit. Oh no, I'm not giving him credit at all. I said he's not that deep. He's credited in a way, I don't think he meant anything malicious by it. I can see why people are getting angry, but I just don't care enough no. about what people are tweeting for it to bother me like it does other people. To be honest,
1: Ben, do you agree?
0: No, I think he knew what he was doing. I think he was looking for a reaction and got it. I don't think he was. I don't think he, I think he was fishing for the, oh, Lee, you should be in the squad sort of thing. That's what I was about to ask next. Do you I think, think he, that's he's what that he's validation? after. And that's not what he got from a lot of people. I mean, yeah. if he wasn't fucking 12 stone overweight, I think he'd have got a bit more sympathy. Well, but you could see was, that in the comments, couldn't you? People were yeah. like, well, if you got fit. Yeah. yeah. I think my favourite was, shut up, you fat fuck. Just, just straight <laughs> into the point. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: we've all put on, on some lockdown weight. Come I th- on. I
0: think he was naive for tweeting it. I don't think he meant I don't think he I really don't think he was expecting to get the reaction he got. I think he was just trying to get a bit of sympathy and sort of stroke his own ego while the club were getting battered. And I think that's what was naive. I don't think he was trying to prove a point and saying, Oh look it's what's happened without me. It it's was a little just, bit
1: pathetic, is it?
2: It was just stupid. And that's well, the really common, isn't it? Well, it's the second time we're on about a Lee Tomlin Twitter beef in the space of four weeks. Oh, wait, it, so. that's,
1: there's the title, Tom Lee Tomlin Part Twitter two. Part two. Yeah, oh, i will get I, the listeners I, I in. I don't
0: want to say it, but looking at the stats, that, that episode did numbers, so let's not count it out.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I've, that's the title. That's what the title's going to be. Um, I don't know, it's, it's like, you see, you know, Joe Bennett was watching the game from home. He was putting it on his Instagram stories and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just like, I feel like it's quite naive of Lee Tomlin not to expect a reaction when... And I think I I don't know if 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 he's noticed, but like Twitter has become quite a toxic place after football matches and during football matches, relatively recently. Um, Like, what was that sorry?
0: Become toxic. It's been toxic for
2: fucking years. It's been toxic
1: for years, but I think it's probably become more toxic because we can't go to games and exact our frustrations in a different way, right? And I think quite glad we can't. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) after after today.
2: That's my one positive about the game.
1: You, I think um, Dave, David Carter tweeted tweeted that view from the basically saying, "Are you glad you haven't got a four-hour journey home? Can you imagine the train journey back from Middle Hillsborough on um, a bank holiday Monday? <laughs> yeah are like, home till about midnight."
2: Well, last time I went, we lost three 0 as well. And like Kenza Hall was absolutely useless. I took a couple of my mates to that game, and he said that is one of the worst performances I've ever seen by any football team. And funny enough, he's never been to a card of in me sense.
1: <laughs> well, he might have enjoyed today. If he if he's a neutral, he would have enjoyed Sheffield Wednesday's performance.
2: Um, yeah, that's one way of looking at it, I suppose. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, I was going to say, who was your man of the match? But I just felt stupid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Barry who was your man Bannon. Of the match? Bannon, today. Yeah, it's Barry Bannon.
1: Bannon. I mean, he's exactly the kind of player we need, isn't it? Because he, he the way he... He just bossed that kind of middle ground between the midfield and the strikers, right? That kind of number ten position. He just bossed it. He just senses
2: luck. me as a he senses me as a bit of a Tomlin character, though. In terms of when he's good, when he's hot, he is so fucking good. But you know, there's a he, you know, they wouldn't be twenty fourth or twenty third, after that in the division if he was doing that every week. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I don't think he is the answer to any of our problems, to be honest. No, I think, fuck, if he played like that, he'd be playing Premier League, wouldn't he? If he played like yeah. that week in, week out, he'd be easily playing Premier League. And when he dropped... Like, yeah, he he, he should have
1: been,
2: been for a while. I mean, he was too good for that division for a while. But I think, you know, his best days are behind him. Well, consistent, yeah, best, days I, are, I, consistent I, best days are behind him. He'll have the odd flash in the pan like that. I don't watch him enough to really comment, but I don't think he's been setting the league lie.
1: Let's have a look. See if I can get any of the stats up. And this is how they, they do it. live. because
2: because they were saying like on Sky like that's the best one of the best performances by an individual in the Championship this season. You know, and we did catch him on a very very good day. We made uh, it easy to have a good day though. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like look at the space for like Patterson when they caught us on the break when he set up roads. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there was no one at home for us. And it's he's and like
1: he's, he's only got five assists this season. I thought he got more assists today, but he only got one today according to this.
2: Oh, he just seemed like he was fucking everywhere because none of our players were anywhere.
0: Reach, yeah, was got... Reach was good as well, though. I think he sort of... Reach
1: very, is very good. Mind. Yeah. If you can guess the date of Barry Bannon's last assist before today, I will give you the shirt I'm wearing.
2: Well, the, the specific date? The specific date. Uh, day after boxing day. Ben? No, I'm going earlier than
0: that. True. Um...
2: I really uh, don't know. I could see Barry Bannon's stats and your glasses reflecting. Yeah, pick a date, any date. <laughs> October. No, but Tom, you were only two days off.
1: The 29th of December was his last assist. That's I didn't know when, I did know, did. Know, know when the fix was,
2: surely. Yeah, go on. I get the shirt for no, that. No,
1: fuck off. I said the exact date. Oh, I said oh. the parameters. You, you don't get to change the parameters. That I time got
2: that, you would have cried, I think, with your brand. I would have,
1: yeah, It's his new like brand yeah. um anyway so that's that that's the season done in it no no yeah. <laughs> no no so We're
2: gonna not... try to try and play there no 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 so i'm mathematically over yet six but...
1: games left we're at 40 games um six games left. start with a home game against blackburn next saturday blackburn are faltering probably at best um then i mean what what do you hope to get out of these last six games i think are, you know, we've we've said playoffs are probably you know, they're not mathematically out of the way, but with eight eight games, eight points behind sixth place, and both all of Reading, Bournemouth, and Barnsley seemingly coming into form. I mean, there's no hope, is there?
0: No, I think we're done. I think that's it. That was the the five nails in the coffin for the playoffs this year. Um, I think it was that the, the five nails. Was that five nails it? in the coffin? Yeah, very
1: oh, good it was a tr- attempt. Good, well done. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice and
0: fucker. laughs> I think Tom was right plucky eighth in it I think that's where it's going to end up um, I think now what we need to do is sort of look at next season give the youngsters a nice bit of run out while making sure we don't slide down the table and sort of find a couple of systems that will work for us for the rest of the year for going forward
1: but Tom three points against Blackbird next week if other teams around us fail is there a
2: chance? Oh, that's slim but i think the thing that hasn't helped us today is just the goal difference as well that was one one of the things i was you know yeah, there's only a couple of teams while, we will, looking good yeah like bournemouth got a few more than us but like the likes of like Barnsley were only on plus eight i think red were on plus 13 and we would have been on plus 17 but we've absolutely shot ourselves in the foot in that respect as well because you know eight points clawing that back it can be done and like i said many times those last three games of the season were against teams towards the bottom but as we've seen today that doesn't necessarily turn into points, does it? So not for us anyway. So no, nah, like it looks more. It looks like it's over now with six games left, and I'm just looking forward to the next international break again now.
1: I didn't. I didn't realize Blackburn had slidden so far down. Slidden, slided, slid so far down the table. I got all go wrong there. <laughs> Fallen so far down the table. <laughs> they're in 17th, and they're only uh, 11 points clear of Rotherham, who have four games in hand on them. Um, yeah. I mean, Rotherham got spanked today by Wickham, but yeah, I was yeah, just about to say that. <laughs> we, but we thought <laughs> that was Sheffield Wednesday, right? Sheffield Wednesday, and our second bottom, we thought, oh, we've got teams near the bottom. We've still got Wickham, Rotherham, Birmingham, um, Blackburn to play, who are obviously in 17th or lower. And Brentford um, have
2: hit a bit of a, a rut at the moment as well. Hit the skids, a, a Ivan reacts reacts stopped scoring yeah, but um, no, I think it's over. So, <laughs> I don't know why we are talking about other people's ruts, obviously, in the one we're in, yeah, um. <laughs> But yeah, like we've got a slim chance, but I'm not holding on much hope.
1: Mm, I don't know though. I'm looking at the oh. table now. <laughs> Eighteen points <laughs> to play what? for. Let's see. If we if we win if we win all our games, we'll end up on right there. Let me just try and work out the maths. We'll end up on 76 points. That could be enough. That could be enough, that would be enough them.
0: But what what's got what has happened to this podcast for you to be the positive one? Who me? Yeah.
1: I'm always positive. Oh, shut up, Blue. I'm always positive. When I started this podcast a mere 11 years ago, we used to do Optimism and Pessimism Corner, and I would always be in Optimism Corner because I was the positive one. I was yeah. still in nappies then. I'm, then. I, I'm barely, I, I'm the host now. I don't get to have an opinion. No one asked me any questions. <laughs>
0: oh, sorry, how was your week?
1: <laughs> oh, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, i was good, actually. got a couple of Cardiff shirts in um also got my grail uh, grail card of shirts that's quite nice you probably get um,
2: shirts cheaper if you bought them after this weekend
1: yeah i know should have waited shouldn't i yeah
2: although
1: oh, no, to be fair i got this one way cheaper than any, any of the other ones that were on ebay at the time so who's the real winner there um i guess Ben. you know we're talking about the last six games bournemouth obviously won today i think did reading win today yeah, um, yeah. reading won today Barnsley won today swansea lost Brentford have hit the skids. You know that's that's two teams in form in the playoffs, two teams out of form in the playoffs. Is is there a possibility that we could get in by virtue of other teams simply failing? You know, we, we've talked about aiming for that. You know, could Reading be the team that drops out? But if Swansea can, you know, four get four losses in a row, if they continue on an insane run, I don't think they will. But there is a slight possibility that we could get in by virtue of other people's fuck ups.
0: Look, it's mathematically impossible. Yeah, but I just don't see us going on a decent run now between now and the end of the season. Um. Especially if we stick to what we're doing at the moment, what Mick seems to be sticking with with the five at the back, because Bagan's out for the rest of the season because he had his shoulder operated on. He's not going to be back probably till early September now because of that. And um, Bennett's October. Um, but we also have
1: um, Ossay Tutu and NG to come back.
0: Osei, we won't see Ossay Tutu again.
1: Well, I've already don't. said he's coming back into training this week and he's in, in contention. Did, yeah,
0: but he, he said that before though, and he was supposed he did say to say that
1: before. But then there was some confusion, I think, of what happened. But I believe him this time. He's going to be back in this week, Ben. I will say, duty's going to save the season. Put him up front. He scored quite <laughs> a few for Bochum.
0: Can't be any worse, can it? It's just it's an option. Um, if he's fit, then yeah, stick him, stick him on the left, and Ng on the right. But I just don't see us getting a run together, to be honest. I just. After a, 5-0 win, after a 5-0 loss to the bottom of the table, you struggle to see where the next goal is coming
2: from, never mind a win. I think I think this was the weekend, wasn't it? This was the weekend where you had two games in quick succession, people playing each other and people were inevitably going to drop points that we could have clawed some ground back. And like we could have had Swansea in our sights if we got six points this weekend. And even with three or four, you know, we're back in contention, but Like I said earlier, it's a massive missed opportunity and I I just can't see it from here on in because we don't have to just... There's a few teams that need to drop out for us to get a climb up there now as well. We're not just looking at one, like with the games in hand and stuff. So I don't know. I just can't see it.
1: Well, um, I can and I think we're going to do it. (laughs) Um, Mick has spoken Uh, post game um, and a few people are comparing it to Neil Harris Uh, someone's called him delusional so I really think things are about to change for the better Um, his first comment a humbling experience Uh, they were considerably better and it was the worst performance performance we've had since I've been here they've given me everything since I came to Cardiff and I can't knock them it was a disappointing performance and result tonight now this is the comment that um, is is getting a a, a bit of the flack My message at halftime was that I wanted to see a reaction from the team I picked, which is what I thought was the best team for the game. At 5-0 down, I made substitutions. I don't think they played badly. We've been done by goals that were almost unstoppable. Fuck. Um, So that's a fuck off from Ben. Tom, I think your reaction would be more measured.
2: Yeah, I can can kind of see what he's getting at when you've got a team who scored five from their six shots, who the conversion rate before this game is nowhere near it. But he's – and I know what he means in terms of sending the same team back out there to get a reaction, but it just didn't happen today. At least he led with his humbling experience and, you know, like it was a bad performance. You wouldn't have got that from Neil Harris. He'd have answered his own questions. But – Was I, it a humbling
1: think, performance? No, it wasn't.
2: <laughs> but I think, I think he is stretching it a little bit by saying that we've been undone by Unstoppable. You know, like we, ju- we were just at out the races. The best we could have got out of that game would have been like a nil-nil, with them skewing those chances wide, but but no, I think he's 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 stretching it a little bit there, his old Mick.
1: Ah, oh, poor Mick. Um, and that leads us quite nicely onto the Twitter questions. Um, we had a few. Um, we had some questions before the game and during the game. Um, tone changed, didn't it? Tone changed. We'll start with. Um Well, a Welsh person, if we win, why are we so good? And is it too early to talk about giving Big Mick a contract extension? Can't answer that one. If we lose, why are we so shit? And is it too early to talk about giving Big Mick the sack? Um Ben, is it too early to talk about giving Big Mick the sack? Yeah, miles too early. Well. Is, that, is that because you don't think he should be sacked or because we'd have to pay him a lot of money to leave? I think it's both, does not it? It's just that. A- <laughs>
0: He, it's not a case of him being sacked now. It's a case of it's sort of proven that probably rushed to giving him that two-year contract. That's where the mistake was made, not the... Ring, like Once you've signed him, you've got him to that contract. There's no point sacking him now after like seven games. You've got to give him that time to sort of make the difference.
1: Is he going to make a difference?
0: Well, yeah, you'd hope so in the window. Oh, like.
1: Tom's nodding.
0: He's got a transfer window to make a change, to make the change he needs to, isn't he, in the summer? It's still not really his squad. He had a week to bring people in. Admittedly, in that week he did try to bring Jordan Rhodes in. So, whether that's a good home or a bad thing is another option. But you can't sack him now. It's far too early to be calling for that. It's just a sort of knee jerk. Yeah, battered, doesn't it?
1: I I fully do not buy into that. They're not his players. Excuse. I don't get it. Explain it to me, Ben.
0: What do you mean? It's, it's like he's you playing with the squad. That's not sort of set up to what you want. He's sort of making the best of what he's got,
1: but why do we win seven games in a row then?
0: Well, he's going to see changes. He's going to want to make it. It's not, it's not going to be a case of there's going to be players coming and going aren't there in the summer. There's going to be people he's going to bring in. He's going to get rid of the like highlights. An example of someone that's clearly going to go that frees up a wage to bring in someone that add an option that Nick sees we're missing. So that's sort of where it comes is he, he, he building up the squad and sort of making it in, I, putting more I, I on don't it.
1: I don't believe it's an excuse for doing badly that they're not his players if you're a good manager it's not an excuse for
0: getting battered it's not an excuse for getting no, battered like n- like
1: I'm just saying the, I'm the just mid. saying
0: it's not it's not time to sack him because we lost
1: 5-0 Tom is it time to sack him because he lost 5-0 no <laughs> I no,
2: was I to no. yes. uh, because you got to look at it as the whole period he's taken over, and he has turned this around. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you're going to have the odd, like, result that is going to like. We, we got thumped under Harris, like with QPR, and then we went, and then on, went a on a good run. We went on a good run. So, like, obviously that went a bit sour again. But I think Mick, I think, I think he's the right man for the job. I, I think it probably was a little bit naive of us to give him a contract straight away as soon as we've had a good run. But I think even after today and whatever happens. To the end of the season i would have given him a contract anyway i think he did get a reaction of our players and i think we're looking a bit flat at the moment but i don't think that's solely down to him um as with that kind of they're not his own players comment i i i do i think people kind of hide behind that a little bit too much you know um but i think it will be great to see him have a transfer window he's got contacts in the game and he's been around a long time people enjoy playing for him. He'll somehow find a way of signing Johnny Williams again, despite already having him, because he loves mm. to sign him. Was it five times?
1: Well, it's, it's he will have to because he, yeah, I think he's he the, end the end of the season.
2: There's an option for a year. He just yeah. wanted another photo opportunity with lovely Johnny, didn't he? Lovely so, shiny
1: head, Johnny. Lovely
2: shiny, yeah, kick in the head, Johnny. But um, I don't know I, I'm quite excited for next season. Um I think you got to remem- you got to you've got to remember that he's had no that international break is the only kind of big wedge of time he's had to work with those players behind like on the training ground. He came in and we've had fixture after fixture after fixture. And then we've had injury after injury. So he managed to instill his ideas to the, the players that were coming in and out of that team. But then we've had so many injuries since that it's going to take his toll at some point. Yeah, five nil against Wednesday is too much. Don't don't get me wrong. There's no excuse for that. But I'm quite excited to see him have a proper preseason, get a few more players and freshen it up. People seem to like having him around like, he's, there's no doubt he's going to give them a fucking Rollick in today. There's no doubt about that. And I don't think you would have had the same Rollick in under Harris. He'll get a reaction out of them. I'm sure he will. And if it's not t- towards the end of the season, I think next season we'll come out a, n- a different animal. And I think we'll be there or thereabouts again.
1: Plucky eight that is for next season.
2: Plucky eight. Love a plucky eight.
1: Um, David Carter, we have lost nine games at home this season with a packed CC Stadium. Would we have lost fewer? And is that a cause for optimism next season? A challenge for the top two, if four of those defeats have been wins, for example, we could have been third heading into the Sheffield Wednesday game. Tom is 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 getting fans back in going to be uh, you know something that turns you know turns losses and draws into wins.
2: I think it evens out, doesn't it? Like I think we will inevitably win more at home with fans there, but there'll be games away from home that we might. That might slip from under us and I thought about this quite a bit because you, you listen to other like um people doing podcasts and stuff as well I wouldn't bother listening to other podcasts by the way just stick with this shite all of them shite all of them shite listen to all of them um but I'm not sure if people are overplaying it or not but I, I do think for a club like us it's massive our fan base and even away from home sometimes you know having the boisterous away fans does get us going in those last 20 minutes and like are we imagine if we'd gone 2-0 down today, we we, we would have got behind our team largely for the for like the 10, 20 minutes after it. We might have turned a bit of sour second half. But I don't think we would have lost five nil today if there was fans in that ground. No, um, it lost four nil. Four nil, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We might have yeah. got a plucky one back. But no, I think it will benefit us having a crowd in. Even when it, like the CCS is half full, it generates a bit of atmosphere there. And we, we do largely get behind the team. And we and people like Volks, for example, he'll feed off fans being in there. Kiefer Moore will like um, yeah perhaps we're overplaying it but I think I I genuinely think our fans would make a huge huge difference next season Ben your thoughts
0: I totally agree you look at sort of throughout the leagues the away teams seem to be picking up well, it's been, uh, that's easy for me to say, it's been proven that sort of away teams, I've just bottled saying that (laughs) word, away teams have just gone against, uh, sort of going against the trend and sort of picking up more wins away from home. Do
1: you mean that home advantage is gone?
0: Yeah, it's been a long long weekend, but I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah, it's just, yeah, home advantage is not there, is it? What is the home advantage? Other than the pitch you're playing on, it's 20,000 people calling the opposition dickheads. Mm -hmm. It all plays into it, it all makes a factor. I think there's a lot of results that sort of our fans wouldn't have let the players' levels drop as much as they have over certain parts of the season. And I think it's, it wouldn't just be us, though. There's tons of teams that have sort of felt that. Um, but it's not an excuse to lose 5 0 to someone. It's not an excuse to go on the sort of runs we did earlier in the season just by saying, oh, well, the fans weren't there to call me a dickhead to make me play better.
1: Um, Welsh Index has tweeted and said in your opinion, did they give McCarthy the contract too early? In his opinion, yes, or her opinion Fair enough at the time, the results deserved it, but would have been an easy thanks but no thanks if and when we miss the playoffs Get Smithies back in as well Um, And it's the first kind of criticism we're seeing for Phillips, really um, or, you know, by proxy criticism Do you agree that we should get Smithies back in? It's harsh, I don't think he's at fault for any of those goals, but I thought
0: his distribution again today was piss poor I thought it really, really didn't do us any favours. At times where we are sort of having sort of a couple of minutes possession, like spells of possession, it's going to him and he's just spanking it, like Etheridge-style kicking. Um, That really did us no favours. But is it fair to drop him? I don't think so. But then we're Um, just (laughs) 5-0. I think
2: it's it's an interesting one because I think... When you lose the organisational head of Morrison there, perhaps having someone like Smithies behind your back five would make a difference, you know, having an experienced head like him. But I I, I think we're clutching our straws. If it, I know it's a five-minute loss, but I don't think the keeper's at fault for any of that. Um, and I, I think we should be looking elsewhere rather than bringing Smithies back in, to be honest. It's
0: not like he's quiet either. He's, he's just as vocal, if not more vocal than Smithies. Yeah. Smithies is a loud keeper, but Phillips doesn't stop talking throughout the game. It was... The issues were favourite with the lads in front of
1: him today and have been for most of the season, to be honest. Maybe you should focus on trying to save them instead of talking so much. Chatterbox. Pobert Rage, Uh, the playoffs are not going to happen this year, especially after this game. Should more youngsters be given a chance for the rest of the season, Tom? Um, It feels like an open goal now, isn't it? For people like Colwell, for people like um, Patton to get some game time.
2: Um, I think the playoffs will happen. We just won't be in them. Um, but, <laughs> yes, um, I'm so glad, glad up on that. I was. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, we I think to be fair, we've blended a lot of youngsters this season anyway. Um, you know, we, earlier in the season, you saw Mark Harris come in. We've had Bagan come in, Browns come in, Colwell's already had a ga- had game time. Um, so I don't think there should be a massive rush to get more and more on there. But yeah, I think in the last few games of the season, if there's once it is completely mathematically done and dusted, why not? Do you know what I mean? Like, you might as well give them some game time. Um, <laughs> I suppose the one worry is, if we do play too many youngsters and we end up on a couple of hidings, what good is that going to do them? But you'd hope we wouldn't be against the the lower-down-the-division lower teams.
1: Might toughen them up, innit? If yeah.
2: They, if
1: they suffer a couple of big losses, they might, you know, get, I don't know, stop being snowflakes. Is that what they say these days?
2: But there's, there's nothing more depressing than like those games at the end of the season. Agree, there's nothing yeah, right yeah. on it, and you look like when we played Chelsea, when we already relegated from the Prem, and you're seeing like people like Reese Healy and stuff having a run now, and It's like, why am I fucking here? Well, at least we won't be there <laughs> to watch it. But I tell you what, I won't be paying a fucking tenner for it.
1: <laughs> that was one of the positives from today, really, that it was on Sky. So um, that money has already been shied off in my mind. I'd have to pay an extra tenner to watch that.
0: I'd pay tenner to the-
2: it also meant more people saw just how shit we were yeah yeah we've had a couple of sky games that have gone well this year i think we like we played yeah. derby on sky and then we were back to because uh, it feels like apart from the odd anomaly we are useless when we're on tv i don't know whether that's the same for all fans but it does feel like we are atrocious whenever my mates watch we've got nothing to do with cardiff and i'm trying to say no we're playing well this season and then i think it's like, um, fucking it's like happens. it's like confirmation
1: bias isn't it like yeah, you know, you, we probably we were probably bad once on Sky, so like we were all, we're always shit on Sky, and now when it happens, you go, well, that confirms it, we're always shit on Sky. But then you forget when we were good on Sky. It's like um, yeah. you, you think you're you know you think Cardiff fans are probably more clean off than any other any other football fans, but no, you're just more exposed to Cardiff fans being <laughs> clean off. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, Sean Collins well it looks like that's our season done very embarrassing to lose to a team like this need to improve drastically we stand a chance of doing anything we are 5-0 down to the bottom of the league we were 5-0 down at the bottom of the league um, Milo Davis 62 minutes in as I'm writing why the fuck has Mick not made any substitutions we've got game winners on the bench but they aren't getting a look in baffling um, Ben we, we, we touched briefly on the substitutions yesterday what changes would you have made at half time would you have just brought on wholesale Wilson whoever else
0: I think Ng's is the obvious one. Sort of, it was clear the back wasn't working, nothing was coming on the flanks. I'd like to have seen him on sooner, but I can see why Mick has sort of stuck with it and said, Right, you fuck this up, lads. You get the, thing, re- try and get the reaction. It came more why the subs weren't made sooner. Cause realistically, I got more annoyed that he brought on Harry Wilson after when we're 5 0 down than if he hadn't brought on him at all. Cause like, what is the fucking point of 5 0 down? Well, do- I said
1: the same about Max Waters, right? What's the point in bringing on Max Waters, who has has barely had any game time at 5-0 down? like, go on, Max, go on, get, get six for us, lad.
0: Good fucking luck.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, tapping TC and going, this will be funny. Like, it's not fair, is it? It's not fair on them.
0: This will shit him right up. Yeah. Let's face it, at 5-0 down, no players scream to come on at that stage on the bench. They're just going, oh, fuck, don't put me on. Don't put me on. Don't put me on. We've all been there in Sunday league games where you're getting battered. I thinking, look, I do not want any fucking part of this. Do not put me on there.
1: I played it when I said Sunday. We lost 8 <laughs> nil.
0: Um,
1: I gave up, I gave up after goal four. I just like it was just letting players run past me. I didn't care. I oh, you would have fit in today. I would have fitted in today. I'll see um, if they gave up after three. No, they did <laughs> give up after three. Uh John John, o, John o, 2601. Time for Mick to go. Technically not good enough for a top six push. He's done the job of keeping us up, which we have to be grateful for, but not the solution long-term. We miss Moza, but Ng and Wilson have to pay. Bakuna is average. Vox can't pass. Tomlin should be in the squad. And then Niall replied to him and said, get a grip. <laughs> um, so that's 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 the level at which the Cardiff fans are at already. Um, Ollie James, Tom said, what change would you like to see implemented for next season if we don't get into the playoffs? Um, Lionel Messi's out of contract, of course. Sergio Aguero's looking for a new club. What
2: changes do you want to see? We need someone to give more a hand up top. We can't just rely on just pumping in balls on his own. Um, I think with a bit more time, we could make the most of some of the quick wingers and stuff we've got. Do I you mean try and work on a system, maybe? But I don't know. I think we've got defenders there. I think we, pro- we possibly do need another centre back in, um, but the midfield we are massively lacking. I think we um, the players we have got are good enough for certain systems, but if we want to change anything, we haven't got it. Do you know what I mean? If it's not working with the tenacity of Volks and like Pax's passing game, we haven't kind of got that box to box midfielder who can change a game at a moment. So I think we need to look at the centre of the park, centre of the park, and someone up top with more. his might would be my. Well, we got Glatzel what's Glatzel's contract situation? Is he still not he's,
1: he's still on contract until I think he signed a three year deal when he signed, which was twenty nineteen.
2: It's twenty twenty
0: three. Twenty
1: twenty three, twenty-two. Um I mean would you have him back, Ben? Would you have Glatzel back? How's he doing I, over I, there I, in Germany? Yeah, I don't
0: know. I think he's doing all right over in Germany. I think he's gone there to sort of raise his value a bit, and
2: he's not
0: coming back, is
2: he? No, he's not coming back.
0: No, he's uh the number nine shirt will not be filled by Robert Glazon next year. It'll be free for someone else to come in with and Jordan Rhodes. Probably the way it's going. And like he wasn't too bad today, to be fair, was he? And he's well, he's like, on a bit of run of form, isn't he? He
2: scored yeah, he scored and he's got. he's got about
1: three, four, and five. It was like three and four, or four and five. Um, um Would who? Uh, go on. This is a a, a a pop question, Ben. Who's your? Who's the one player you want to sign this summer from the championship if you could? Um
0: or reaches up on a free, and we've been linked with him. There's a few going from Stoke. Nick Powell's mm-hmm. on a free. I wouldn't say no to him coming in. He'd add
2: something to that midfield. Tom? Someone like Adam Armstrong, but I don't know whether he'll go higher. The problem with him, though, like, look at what Blackburn fans are saying, is that he just shoots too often. Yeah. But that's like, I wouldn't mind that for a season. <laughs> 19 shots in a game Adam calm but it down apparently yeah but like it's just the, like the likes of doing like Harvey Elliott Blackburn as well We're on loan I think making use of the loan system again is going to be key for us we're not going to throw money about it's you know it's an absolute gem that we got someone like Kiefer Moore in and he has banged in a lot of goals so we just need another sign of that kind of ilk to kind of slot in um, we're not going to find an Ivan Tony or something like that are we um, I don't know what the answer is. Nick Powell, like you said, but he's a bit of a tosser, isn't he? I think he's a bit hot and cold. Um with the way. What he if we clicked. sell
1: key for more though?
2: Jack and we will. I don't think we will. I do It might don't. work I'm, I might work in our favour that he's blown a bit cold now, to be honest with you.
1: Well, what what I mean, the the other the other
0: is
2: when when he wins us the Euros, that's when we're gonna struggle. When Real Madrid come in. Doesn't Milan Barros like as a ridiculously good Euros.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say is the other the other option is Will Volks has been linked with Norwich, right, for about seven million quid. I mean, bite their arm off for that, right? Because that would fund our January tra- or summer transfer plans, wouldn't
2: it? If we if we use the money, that's I think that's our problem. It's like we've got to line people up to come in before we start shipping people out because we're already threadbare. And Volks, I, I still think he could be key for us. It's just we can't rely on him to be our creative force. Do you know what I mean? We need something you just don't play
1: him the right way do it no you no he's right got way. his
2: purpose he's got his purpose there and i'd like to see him but seven million like you said that, that is i don't know if there's any truth in that to be honest i can't see him going for that amount of money i really i really can't
0: Will Vox is never gonna win it's never gonna win you a league he's not that kind of player but what he will do is make a different sort of driver team on when they're struggling if he's using the right way And yeah. that's what we're not seeing from him he's never going to be sort of a game changer himself he's not gonna
2: well, sometimes he does. That's, that's he, sets a, he sets a pace, doesn't he? Yeah. He, Rather he's than there. changing the game.
1: And he takes big throws.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes. I'd happily not see another one of those for the rest of the season after today. Well, I was,
2: was quite excited mean. every time we had one because we were doing something yeah. yeah. else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reese, why is Mix so reluctant to use his bench, especially if we barely created any of the 60 minutes? Uh, Edom why do Bakuna, Rolls, and Williams start behind Moore when we have Wilson, Ojo, and Tomlin available? Um, just another bluebird Uh, this is a good question Tom would you have taken a win against a Jackson in return for losing every game after that for the rest of the season Uh, yeah Ben?
2: (laughs) no I'm that fickle I've become that fickle I used to be sensible I'd have said maybe it's that 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 double bollocks
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, Mr Cage, Griot why aren't Sheffield Wednesday top of the league Um, wouldn't it be more fun Ben if the league right after that if Sheffield Wednesday beat us, they take our position in the league. Wouldn't that be more fun? Well,
0: at full time, the uh, ref, the, the manager comes out and just drops one of those cards in and then just like holds this up to the cam- TV cameras and it's like swaps.
1: Itch. No, it's just how the league works. Every, anytime you beat someone, if you beat a team lower than you, you keep your position. If you beat a team above you, you take their position. It's like a king of the
0: castle sort of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, that'd be fun.
0: Isn't there like a thing like they do that with international football where I think... The, one the
1: official World Cup, yeah. Yeah, um, Scotland
0: were world champions.
1: Yeah, it's, I like it. The unofficial World Cup is fun. Um, I can't remember who's the, um, the the current reigning champion. I'll look it up now. But that would make the league more exciting, wouldn't it? It's Italy. They're still their champions. <laughs> they
2: haven't uh, lost in about two years. They
1: haven't lost in nine games. But um, <clears throat> Scotland are actually the unofficial world ranking champions with uh, 149 games and 86 wins uh england the second but it's much more much it's like england argentina holland russia brazil italy germany france sweden so it's all the all the big names really got off on a tangent there um harry burt um tom, not, like worst result, not like us worst result of this season northampton 3-0 swansea 2-0 whatever this fucking ends up as um i'm gonna go this game but tom you might have a different answer
2: uh, no, yeah, no, it's definitely this game. I think, yeah, the nature of the Swansea one was uh, shambolic. That Northampton one, I can't believe I fucking paid for that one. I watched <laughs> I it on my I'm own <laughs> in my, my parents' house when I was back in Wales. I was like, ah, oh, this is how the season's going to go, isn't it? But that's uh, um, no, got to be today. You're losing 5-0 to the bottom of the league when you're in a playoff push. You can't have passed that. Ben? Yeah,
0: I fully agree. As much as the Jacks thing was shit and really, really sort of put a damper on the season for a long time. This is just bottom of the table. Like they've been absolutely gashed for most of the season. They're talking about how they're sort of in real danger of going down, sort of need to rebuild, get rid of half their squad. And they stuck five past us.
1: Five alive. Um, (laughs) Garen Bellamy, no matter how good he's been, do we still underestimate how much of an influence Morrison is as a defender and as an influence? Um, I think so. I think... Morrison's the kind of defender who you really notice when he's not there, right? Um I think he's he's very solid. You you he does, you know, against Swansea he was very solid. You know, he put his body on the line and he's always always he's always wins his headers, always wins his tackles. But when he's not there, then you really notice that he's not there, don't you?
0: Yeah, he stands out when he's not there the leadership and the just everything about it's just miss him. He's a sort like you said, he's a sort but I think he's more the sort of player that footballers appreciate more than say the fans would at times. <laughs> just for his work creating right, and sort of his determination. Christ, playing with that blister he played really against the Jacks would have done me. I'd, I'd be in hospital right now if I had that on my fucking foot. He's just a machine. I'm oh, I'm a fanny though. That's Quite just
1: As long as you say it mate, I you know, I don't have to I don't have to say it.
2: Um Tom, do you agree? Sorry, I have my connection cut out for a bit. <laughs> do, you do you say. agree that Ben's a fanny? Oh, right, yeah, um I couldn't possibly comment um, and I wouldn't want to
1: fine. Uh, no, do, you, do you agree that Morrison's an influence and we miss him more when he's not there than you like notice him when he is there if that makes sense?
2: Uh, yes, definitely. I think it's been a case with Morrison since he joined the club to be honest with you, and well, it's been a case with central defenders in general, I think we just we don't we expect too much from them at times, and we just don't appreciate what they actually do. Um, like it's no coincidence like he's out of the team and we've been fucking woeful. He's just an absolute leader, isn't he? Like, he, he wins balls. He, he even, like, bursts forward and puts in some decent passes and stuff as well, do you know what I mean? Like, that direct play, he, he sets a tone with it. Like, he gets the ball forward to keep him moving on again. He gets the ball in good places for midfielders. And we just got no-one in the centre central defence who can do what he does. Sean Morrison for Prime Minister?
1: Uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah, why not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, why not? No, President, um... the
2: President of the Republic of Wales.
1: There, yeah, president. Yeah, there's two. There's two. There's two questions left. Uh, one of them involving Vincent Tan, and one of them involving two racists. Um, John Walsh, CCFC forever, has asked, "What is the likelihood of Tan still owning the club by the start of next season?" And I thought this was a bit of a wild question, but then <clears throat> you realise the news today is that. Um, Vincent Tan has stepped down as or potentially stepping down I don't know if it's confirmed it as an executive chairman of the pajaya Corp becoming in non-exec roles obviously still be involved in the business but probably won't be involved as, as much as in the day-to-day running of the business. Um, ben what do you think there's any danger of Tan leaving at the moment obviously the, the global downturn we've kind of talked about it before businesses aren't operating in the same way there's people obviously looking to get out of certain businesses that maybe aren't making as much money do you see that situation happening with tan or do you think he's still committed
0: i think if a good offer came in that tan's money is all wrapped up in hospitality
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and let's be honest that's taken a hammer over the last 12 months and he's lost a huge amount of money realistically pumping 100 million pound into a club that's just got battered five nil by sheffield wednesday isn't gonna be high on his priority of things to do when sort of the rest of his empire around him is crumbling Mm -hmm. um he's gonna have other he's gonna have other focuses right now and that makes perfect sense Cardiff City isn't gonna make Tanner a huge amount of money it's if anything it's a cash drain on him he'll make his money back when he sells it but day to day it's costing him money right now um I don't think it's going to be a priority for him and if a good offer came in yeah I think he'd look at it and sort of sell but I don't think he's the kind of guy that's I don't think he's desperate to get out which is good um, because he's going to make sure if he does sell, like he's always said, and he's been true to his word on that, is if he does sell, it's going to be to someone he thinks is going to look after Cardiff and do things the right way.
1: Tom, do, you, do you, who do you see out there who could buy a football club in this current situation? You I know, think there's...
2: that's that's the issue, isn't it? Like it, We can all say that we want him out because um, you know, of the mistakes he's made in the past and stuff, but... He, it's always the grass is always greener isn't it like you see some of the other clubs some of the people have taken over and they've just run clubs into the ground and we're, we're relatively stable and stuff at the moment and I don't see anyone who's going to come in there's not like a local businessman or anything who's going to come in with billions who's in love with the club already do you know what I mean it, it's going to be a bit of a gamble Um but I, I just want to stick around because I want Kenny Rogers Roasters to be our main sponsor and I will mm. buy every shirt if they are <laughs> <laughs>
1: What is a Kenny Rogers It's a restaurant, isn't it? I
0: looked yeah. this on Wikipedia because obviously we sort of had a bit of a chat in the WhatsApp group before. It's a chain of um sort of they wood it's wood grilled chicken. Yeah. Sort of like but they was set up with uh, country singer Kenny Rogers.
1: Legend and then he, uh Vincent Tan bought him out, didn't he? And took it over it, is
0: it was also founded by the old chief executive KFC who got fell out with the guys from KFC.
1: Colonel Sanders, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just looked for some random person to go with and sort of went into business there. There's no... Ken- Despite being sort of starting out in America, there's no Kenny Rogers left in America. They're predominantly in Southeast Asia.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's It's a bit of the George Foreman kind of name to something. Yeah. They've got nothing attached to it. Um, model that they've gone for. You know, I'd I'd love Kenny Rogers to come give us a song and an unveiling of a kit. That'd be fucking class. He's still alive. It's- I don't know. Oh, it might not be actually. Um, <laughs> if not, RIP. Right, hey, um, oh God! This I just tough, remember. I just remember watching him in Glastonbury. Yeah, I absolutely dead. loved it. Yeah, it oh, was because yeah, oh, yeah. because they said I remember him on stage just going. Um, I would uh, go off the stage, wait for an encore, um, and then come back out. But I haven't got enough steps left in me to do that. <laughs> and I was like, "Nice, mate."
0: March twenty, March twentieth, twenty twenty. So, I kind of remember,
2: just it. over a year ago. Well, okay, wow. I, would, I wouldn't like them to wheel him out for an unveiling. I think that'll be a bit. R.I.P. All
1: right, I guess then. R.I.P. Kenny Rogers. That's a bit of a shame, isn't it?
0: You think he was cremated? <laughs>
1: um, I, I won't go there, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on, we had a question from Josh, um, asking us, "Can the pod sponsor a Ben Turner and Juan Calla fight after recent developments?" Now he's talking about, I think, Ben Turner calling Wancala a wanker. Um, but there's another reason they could have this fight, isn't there? Um, because, because of other developments, uh, which is bringing to light a, a wider problem in football. Um, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it, Ben? But, wank one color has has consistently come across as uh, from from previous players are saying that he was a bit of a wanker he was a bit of a bell bellend whatever else and uh, this weekend he's been accused of um racially using another player um it kind of seems in keeping with his personality doesn't it
0: yeah the bloke clearly seems like a dickhead um bean head just totally just doesn't come across as a good person no one's sort of around the club has had a good thing to say about him in mean, the past you can see the sort of issues he had with kev on instagram back in the day sort of the way you react that there's clearly not much about him um took himself too seriously and yeah and now he's allegedly a racist i've got to say i've got to say allegedly by the way or ben will cut this out because i'll get
1: allegedly because nothing's proven now uh, uh, it's leak, it's it's journal it's um media law media law 101
0: um and and i've I've got nothing sue me He's a racist, allegedly.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's all we have to say. Um, and I, I I, want to talk about this in, in more detail and do it, do it proper justice. But Tom, it's kind of bringing to light a, an ongoing problem in football at the moment, isn't it? And I, I, I say in football, in wider society, because that's what it feels like. There, there, there seems to be this kind of, it's almost like open season on footballers, open season on forums and things like that. The that, that racism is alive and well, isn't it, in, fo- in football?
2: Yeah, and it, it seems like it's getting worse. Um, you know, with platforms like social media, people can say what they want with anonymity behind it, but then you see players doing it as well. And it's not its not an isolated case. This has happened two or three times. Seemingly last... weekly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, it, it's just its just madness that is still going on. Um, and, you know, and, and we're not just seeing more of it because it's been highlighted more. It just seems like it's massively on the increase. Like, no matter what people are doing to stamp it out of the game, it's not working at the moment. And it's just, yeah, it's why society, uh, uh, it's a problem with society as a whole. But in football, which is kind of like a magnifying glass into society, it's just so rife. And it's it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. After every game, there's a report of it, there's a club coming out and saying, you know, we, we don't condone any of the abuse towards one of our players and having to release a statement and saying that they're offering help and any support that he needs. It's every week and it's tiring. And I'm not even at risk doing, I'm not going to receive any of this abuse. So I can only yeah. imagine what it's like for the people at the end of this who've been at the end of this all their lives. Do you mean? They, they must be absolutely sick to the back teeth of it. And it doesn't seem like it's going to go away anytime soon. Well, you
1: saw it was it after the Wales game. Was it Cabango um, after the Mexico game? Cabango got yeah. um, racist abuse. Um, you saw it, like, Jamal Lowe at Swansea got um, some abuse this week as well. Um, and I, I my, my view on it is, and I, I kind of want to talk about this in more detail in, in, in another part and, and kind of get actual perspectives from within the game on it and things yeah. like that, and do it, do it justice. But like my, my view on it is really that I think we, the. The way we talk about where the abuse is happening is is diminishing the actual problem, as you say. Like social media platforms provide people with the anim- anonymity and with the, the 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 space to to kind of get at players without kind of seeming retribution. But like it's a it is a wider problem, and we've seen it in the UK. The hate crime is on the rise. We saw it with the response to the Black Lives Matter um protests and things like that. And We've seen it on Cardiff City message boards. That's the thing I think that. Uh, that, that gets me about it is that this problem is a lot closer to home than I think we realize and that we want to admit. And I think, you know, we, we've seen other podcasts, the Swires Pod, Nathan Blake talked about his experiences and it is, you know, they're the voices that should be amplified in this debate because they're people like Nathan Blake and, and other black footballers at the moment, are the ones who are really, really at the forefront of suffering from this. And I think there needs to be more to be done to, to highlight where this racism is coming from and more to be done to stamp it out. Um, and I think that starts at the top of the game, doesn't it? That starts with the governing bodies, Ben. That starts with the people who are uh, organising football and the ones who are meant to be policing the game.
0: It does. And when their reactions sort of their punishments are a feeble sort of thing, you sort of think back to, um, sort we of have to think... some of the international Sorry. games that of the fans chanting racist stuff. And the, that's where UEFA should be, or FIFA should be clamping down and going, right, you kicked out the tournament. What they're getting instead is a ten grand fine. Bentner got fined seventy five thousand pounds for showing a pair of Paddy Power pants. Mm. And you compare comparing the two, what what's more offensive? Some horrific chanting from thousands of people, or some average Danish player showing a pair of funny pants. That's where their priorities are. They they refuse to take the big decisions until those big powerful punishments happen. It's not going to make a difference. Everything they sort of do, sort of. Like these arguments for taking the knee and sort of some black players have sort of said, look, this is losing its impact now because it's still happening. And I fully agree with that. I think like it becomes a point where it's just a gesture. Um, More needs to be done from those above to really fucking take this seriously because it's an issue. It's a massive issue. It's a huge problem. That's really, it's making me fall out of love for football a bit. Every Like you said, every week you're sort of coming in seeing some poor bastard being abused for the colour of their skin. Hmm. We'll take the piss out of people. But the second you bring race into it, you're crossing a line that's not there that shouldn't be ever be crossed. It makes no difference your coloury your skin. It makes no like difference your sexual orient- orientation. None of that matters. It shouldn't we, be brought into factor. It's brought into play.
1: Well, you saw it this week, right? The, the fact that the, the Cadella can go and play for the Czech Republic in the international break when a week after he's been accused of um, racially abusing Glenn Kamara in another UEFA tournament. Um, and the fact he can travel and go and play with impunity. When the reality of the situation is, you know, if if you're accused of something like that, there there should be some zero tolerance policy to it, right? If you're accused of it and it's under investigation and the police are involved, which is what they're saying is with the with the Glenn Kamara case, then why should be he allowed to carry on playing as normal? He should be suspended from play. He should be suspended while the investigation is carried out. Because if he's done it once, then could he do it again? Probably.
0: Um, I think most- it's different. Like, why is it different to any other place? If I was sort of being investigated for something and my work for, and it was sort of work related and the police were involved, you're suspended without, you're suspended with pay. Mm. You're not in your workplace and until the conclusion of the investigation. And that's the right way to go about it. Why is this different to sort of football? Why should a folk that's clearly, well, allegedly, sorry, racially abused someone? be allowed to play and travel across the world to play and in a lot of money to do it
2: makes a mockery well, things
0: doesn't it yeah it's just it just shows such a weak attempt of sort of trying to deal with it and then you sort of look at like the Valencia thing the, the Valencia walk off the reason they came back on the pitch is they're being told if you don't do this um, there's a chance you could be d- hit with a 6-0 loss like, where's, the, where's the deterrent from the other team where is that sort of action and what does it say about the team's the sort of walk out hand in hand with the player that's been accused of this as well. That's another issue. Is sort of other players. It'll make more of a stance if teams from if if you're in that team and that player's made been made an accusation. Sort of you going now. That's not okay. Would also be another thing. Instead, they sort of try and defend their teammate, which I don't think's right.
2: And I think as much as we're probably not the best people to speak about this, we're all responsible for calling it out when we see it or when we hear it and there's no doubt that i've heard it in grounds around the country and i probably haven't done enough um out of fear how how people would react and i think going forward now there's a massive onus on all of us to not kind of look. it's not my problem it's not happening where i am it's happening all around us and it's closer to home than a lot of people are kind of taking into account yeah to admit as well and every, every fan base has got it like like Ben, like in that kind of Yeovil Harringay game, it happened. Yes. It's not just at the top level level of football, it's right through. It's ingrained in our society. And I think that's the real issue. And I think we've all got a responsibility going forward to call it out.
1: If, if there are any any, fan, any Cardiff fans out there listening to this who've experienced it and want to talk more about their experiences, drop us an email at vftninion at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, I'd like to do more about this within our fan base and, and, and look at it in, in greater detail because I, I you know, I feel like there's a platform here. We want to, you know, amplify things as best we can um, and, and try and root out the, the root causes of it within our game.
0: Yeah, because um, like, people like Mike denied there is an issue within Cardiff, but look at the reaction to those posters that went up and sort of those murals that the club didn't get involved with. Um, and look at the Facebook comments there from City fans and look at what went on in forums.
1: And you, only just, have to look at, you only have to look at one particular forum to see their reaction to Black Lives Matter. Like that forum is a disgrace. Yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's a horror Black show. That the thing, some of the things that they say in there as a reaction to Black Lives Matter are beyond the pale.
2: Yeah, and you had people outside grounds um, booing when yeah. the games were kicking off and stuff, and it, it it's everywhere, um, and it's it, it just it's disgusting to be honest with you.
1: Uh, yeah, it is disgusting. Um and, and to, to to round it off here to round off this podcast in the usual Cardiff City way, it's the the view from the Indian Hall of Fame. Um if you have listened to this podcast previously, you'll know what it's about. But what we're doing every week is picking um Cardiff City related things, although I don't think Ben Price's uh, nominee tonight is Cardiff City related, um, unless you've got a link. Um, and and try to put them into an overall view from the Indian Hall of Fame. We do this every week. You can view it on Twitter, twitter.com Forward slash VFT Ninian hashtag VFTN H O F. Did we we have any results to report this week, or we didn't do it? We did. We Flint. Who won that one?
0: Aiden Flint.
2: Uh,
1: no, but Tom won it. Didn't he? They yeah, his
2: one. Uh, so you get to go first, Tom. Um, so I've gone for a goal from back in two thousand and six. Um, I can't find the clip. So at the moment, so this could be a fun one for me. I might not win this one, but um, it was my first game in the Grange End. Um, I normally was in the the Spa family stand or the, the Bob Bank um, watching games. And my dad, we went up on a Tuesday night to watch Cardiff versus Southampton. And it was an 84th minute strike from Steve Thompson from the edge of the box. It was an absolute screamer. Um, and I was only young and it's kind of ingrained. There's loads of games that kind of muddle up in my head and I don't remember them. But this, strike sticks out and like I've reading back of the report uh, the report now and Dave Jones said that was probably our best victory to date and I just remember it being an all-round great performance it was a packed out in Indian park under the lights it's like full of nostalgia it's the ideal kind of memory of an Indian Park um and yeah and it was a player I absolutely loved to watch Steve Thompson he gave us everything and it was an absolute world of a goal against a big big team in Southampton as well so hopefully I can dig out this goal. But, yeah, so that's my nomination this week. Steve Thompson's goal against Southampton in 2006. The Tomahawk himself. Um, ben, you're next.
0: Uh, I'm going, I've sort of looked at sort of things that have gone out of football that I sort of, you don't really notice until someone does anything. Oh, yeah, w- why has that not happened? And today, during the cardiff vs Sheffield Wednesday game, we saw something that hasn't been seen in quite a while um, in sort of more, professional football you see it quite often on the parks on Sundays it is the random goalkeeper wearing a cap it just doesn't happen enough and it just the last obviously Chris Kirkman is probably the last great goalkeeper to wear a cap regularly and I just want to see more of it yeah Tom you wear a cap you look good in it and I think goalkeepers look good in wearing a cap as well and I think it just needs more of it so I want that to go into the Hall of Fame to show goalkeepers look this is cool this can happen this is cool (laughs) Don't 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 let Tony Pulis own the cap. Don't let Tony Pulis own the cap. Goalkeepers need to
1: take this back. I'm trying to see if there's any link to Cardiff City there um, I, by I like googling I, goalkeeper with cap.
2: I like the thought
1: that Park, there was like times
2: where keepers were a cap. I'm pretty sure like Kasper
0: Schmeichel it. wore it. Casper Schmeichel's the one away. that was sort of in my head with it as well. Yeah,
2: I like the idea of that. Tony Pulis has nicked the baseball cap off the goalkeeper <laughs> as if the goalkeeper was the first person to wear a baseball cap
0: he was pulis headbutted off him because pulis was naked at the time
1: uh i'm looking i've, I've searched casper schmeichel cardiff um i can't see a photo of
2: him wearing a cap again some Currently. great live research going on here for, the, for pod fans um, <laughs> god i forget i forget we had casper schmeichel that was a good time wasn't it
1: good time <laughs> when he played for us uh in goals um no can't see one. Um, <laughs> can't see one at all sorry ben. this could
2: be a good hall of fame this week with good no with no pictures or video assets at all Oh, i've, I've got pictures i've, I've got pictures I, I, I just, yeah oh, actually, all, right, all right sorry all right Right. right,
0: right. don't 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 look, my hall all of right. fame don't blame us for your poor
2: decisions yeah it was yeah. a late decision i apologize
1: um and then to round it off i've gone for shit kit brands um <laughs> so I've, I've been um I've been buying a lot of Cardiff retro shirts at the moment. Um, I'm currently wearing the Cardiff City 1994-95 uh, jersey, uh, which has got some lovely detailing on it. Um, CCFC on the sleeves, as you might be able to see there. Um, and it was made by that famous kit brand, Striker spelled S-T-R-I-K-A. Um, if you look them up on certain websites, I think they only made what two kits in their life. And it was this kit in 94, 95 and the away kit in 94, 95. I can't find that they provided anyone else with kits. Um, I've also got a hat, my hands on a, a 92, 93 away shirt made by Bluebird. That's Bluebird, uh, which is obviously our own brand. And then um, I'm in the process of, of tracking down the, the Brains uh, mid-90s shirt in white, uh, which was made by Influence. That's influence, and of course, it wasn't a strictly early '90s phenomenon. Um, of course, a few years ago, um, Vincent Tan forayed into his own kit-making brand with Cosway Sports. Um, so I think, as a, as a football club, we've got a good heritage with our own brands, with shit brands like Striker, um, and I just think they deserve a place in the Hall of Fame because some of those early '90s kits, the Bluebird and the Striker ones in particular um were were probably some of the best kits we've ever had uh, the south wales echo sponsor is iconic and um, the, the the designs are iconic and i think they deserve, oh, obviously as we had people like zara as well in the, in the late 90s strike force is my
2: favorite strike
1: force is another good one thank yeah. you Tom for chipping yeah. in there no problem, um too. so i think there's there's a lot of choice there and i think they deserve a place because some of our most iconic kits have been made by brands that you've never heard of since
0: and three of our worst with uh, cosway sports
1: cosway sports um i mean they looked like they were made of paper, didn't they? Those couldn't shirts? get my head. The, you the, couldn't. No, you couldn't get all your head. I never one. bought one for, for obvious reasons. <laughs> the
0: white, I, I bought the white one, and honestly, it was just like the most painful thing getting that shirt on your head. No wonder the team lost like so badly with the one time they wore it, because they all had concussion.
1: <laughs> couldn't breathe. Yeah, couldn't breathe in their shirts. And um, Ben, when, when will the vote go on our Twitter page? Um, well, I've got a week off.
0: Yeah, I've got a week off, so you know, I'll probably forget about doing it. I got gardening to do, painting. have got to paint the kitchen, uh, the bathroom apparently as well. So, I got stuff on, boys. Like, now I've got I've got a reminder set for Wednesday, so it'll go out one Wednesday.
1: So twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian uh, Wednesday is where you can find the view from the Ninian Hall of Fame vote. Um, that's the end of this week's podcast. If you like what you do, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Make sure you are following us on Facebook. You can give us money for this stuff. I don't know why you do that, but you can if you want. Kofi, K-O-F-I dot com forward slash VFT Ninian. You can do it recurring. You can just give us the price of a cup of coffee if you want. We do this for free because we love you all. Um we'll be back next week after the Blackburn game Um Ben you've already told us what you're doing with your unemployed time so I won't ask you again but Tom how do you feel about going back to work
2: Um it feels weird I don't like it Um, but to be honest anything to distract away from that weekend of football would be welcome
1: it will be welcome indeed and Ben what colour are you painting your bathroom
2: it's just grey uh, lovely, you... <laughs> lovely way to end the, the yeah
1: lovely yeah. I suppose that's how we feel about the football isn't it grey yeah Anyway, we'll be back
2: next week. See you later. Right, nearly half-time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go.
1: No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beers sorted for later.
2: What do you mean you've got the beers sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works.
1: Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound?
2: What do you mean, free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man.
1: Serious now. All you need to do is go to www. Beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like.
2: Cracking, so how do I get it
1: again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 dollars 95 That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. TN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie.